Hey there, this is Amy Schmidauer, and I'd like to welcome you to Vlog Boss Radio. listening to this podcast for a long time, then you have probably heard of the one Adande Swoozy Thorne. Adande was actually the first episode of this podcast back when it was called The Marketing Lifestyle Show. He's been a good friend of mine for a long time. Absolutely incredible YouTube creator. He has probably, I think it's around four or five million YouTube subscribers now. I can't keep up. Let's get real. Uh, But what I love about Swoozy is that he tends to be very honest. Um, he has an incredible work ethic and he, he really works hard to please his community with what he talks about it. And it is very specialized, um, you know, things like cheating in high school and what it was like to work at Disney World. But he does an incredible job of telling a story and using animation to do that. But he just really keeps you so pulled into the content. Anyway, Check out his channel, youtube.com slash swoozy. I'll put it in the show notes. But what I love about having him on the podcast for is not to talk about cheating in high school or what it was like at Disney, um, but more to talk about the culture and landscape of being a YouTube creator at a very high level. And it is extremely interesting because I think you have to go through a lot of different phases of being a creator. There's the moment when you have no one watching you. There is a moment when you're starting to have a community really advocate for you. And and that's where I'm at right now. And then there's, you're just going bonkers. Your content's being shared like crazy. YouTube loves you and features you and you're growing at a much more exponential rate. And in each of those phases, I feel like you have to adjust your approach just slightly. And I always think that that's really important for people to hear. I've gotten a lot of, um, not a lot, just a few here and there, where if I do a video now and I don't necessarily follow my authority video formula to a T, you know, people point it out and I'm okay with that. I think they're doing it in fun, but yeah, I, I created that formula because when you're getting started and no one's watching you, this is what I used to get to a point where people would start watching my stuff. So once you get to a point where there are people watching regularly and they're going to come in because they love you no matter what, sometimes you get a little bit more room to play and try new things. So I kind of wanted to not necessarily go deep on that specific thing, but have somebody on like Swoozy to kind of talk about, you know, what's happening when you're at that point. So not only that, I mean, the guy is just great for YouTube drama. I mean, we can talk about a lot of things and we do, we definitely do here. So, uh, forgive him. He wanted me to tell you, and I'm sure he says it again. Uh, but he was just feeling very, very sick throughout this. And the fact that he still made the time to chat with me is so cool. So, um, hopefully this enlightens you a little bit, definitely a little bit of a a change of the type of content here, but I like to keep it fun and interesting and try new things. So, here is my chat with Swoozy. Fun. Let's do it. I can't believe how sick you are, and I'm so sorry for that. But I oh, no, the, survive the, this. The switch has been flipped. You won't hear another cough or hack. 
Oh, I like that. I like that. It, you have said it, so it will be so. Mm-hmm. Watch. Okay. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Susie, it's so nice to have you back on the podcast. It's been a minute. It's good to be back, bro. Like, let's make this a weekly thing. I know. We really appreciate you not eating cereal right off the bat. Uh, it's still early. It's still it early. Is, so, is, like I said, right off the bat. Yeah, you worded that perfectly. What's new with you, boo? Oh, I have just been wanting to, first of all, chat with you. And we do this thing sometimes where we just get on the phone and chat yep. away and we call yep. it our podcast, but it's not a real podcast. <laughs> and then we always say, if only the public could hear what we're talking about. Always. Every time we say that. So and we, we got to jump so right fun. into it, though. I know. So Drama. Okay, do you have drama to bring to the table at this time? <sighs> okay, have you heard about all these YouTube channels that are like, quote unquote, dying? No, I mean, maybe, but like, people, people ask me every day if YouTube is dying, but that's like a month. YouTube is not dying. YouTube no. is did you flourishing. See, did you see one billion minutes watched yeah, every day? I did see that. I did see that. That's bonkers. Yeah, I, I, I study the landscape because, I mean, if you look at it, like, there's the business side, there's the numbers side. All that is great. Anybody who's doing YouTube full time, mm -hmm. it's a good idea to study that landscape because these numbers are your best friend. It's a good indicator, if not your best indicator as right. to what's going on. Right. But what I see happening in the kind of playground right now is that audiences are becoming a lot smarter and they're valuing their time a lot more mm -hmm. so a lot of the people that were crushing it at one point uh for example you know he's never came at me he's come at some of my friends that's cool i try to stay out of it. but in october the kid was balling with had like a million views within i don't know 20 hours wow and now he hasn't broken a million and this is january what three four months later he hasn't broken a million views all month is that right yeah. So it's just like, I think I call it getting ahead of or when your audience gets ahead of you. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have the uh, Epic Meal Times. Love those guys. Yep. Still to this day, I'm still hoping to collab with them someday, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Hold now. Yeah, yeah, the Epic, yeah. But you know, before you even watch the video, it's going to be Jack Daniels, bacon, da 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 da. You know what to expect before it even happens. Mm -hmm. Your audience is ahead of you. And I feel like as soon as your audience gets to that point, that's where they're like, you know what? I've outgrown you. Yeah. So um, I think for a lot of these channels that are quote unquote dying, uh, there's still a bunch of kids out here balling. You know, like yeah. RCL Beauty, she's still balling. A lot of the guys in the landscape are still balling. Alex Wasabi, balling. But I like it in the sense that it's challenging a lot of content creators totally. to step their game up. Whether they do or not is a different story. Um, this is interesting because... On the, it's like so interesting to hear like the audience figured it out so they get bored, right? Yeah, but yeah. but when you're getting, let's say let's let's compare someone that's got a million subscribers versus, um or or whatever it is, not even subscribers, just an astronomical amount of momentum versus mm -hmm. somebody that's just getting started. If you're just getting started, you should be presenting what your audience wants and maybe is a little bit ahead of you in terms of why they want it and why and like that they do want to see it because mm -hmm. you have to make good on being valuable to them in some capacity so they will start to right. follow you. And I'm trying to come up with a way to explain this because I feel like I've I've reached 
reached a point where there's advice that I wrote in my book, I I teach on stage, and I do all of this advisement around this concept of getting started with video, but there are some Mm -hmm. things that I don't do anymore because I have some momentum and I have an audience that will watch when I click publish. And the game is a little bit different once you get to that point. So that's why I want to point that out because to an audience that's usually hearing me say, you need to make what your audience wants because Mm -hmm. that's how you're going to get relevancy. There comes a time where you have to switch gears and get ahead of them because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to be in a comfort zone. And where somebody listening to this hears like a million views a month I'll take it. But for that person, that slowdown in momentum on YouTube is going to be hurting that channel. YouTube mm-hmm. is not doing good things for them on the back end because of it. It's it's a very interesting dance. And like you just said, um, <clears throat> it's a such a good point. Like I, I, I almost want to keep this in a soundbite and not start ranting. <laughs> um, but yeah, because you have to make the kind of stuff that your audience wants and also you have to make yourself happy because mm. I've seen too many times, like Ray William Johnson, for example, he was saying that he's making the content that he's not happy with. So you know what? I'm now depressed and I'm stopping. Right. And when he took that however long break and then hired the new guy, like that essentially killed his channel. Um, and then look, Fousey, Fousey just recently stopped and I, it's probably going to be indefinite, but he unfollowed everybody on Twitter. He stopped making YouTube videos like, you know, he's pretty much out of the limelight. And it's like, if he ever decides to come back, it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to pull off the same kind of response and if his audience will still be there waiting for him because things have a, such a smaller window these days. Look at Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go was suffocating you everywhere you <laughs> went. In December, Christmas time, we just hit March. This is March 1st. And it's so Stone Age to talk about Pokemon Go right now. You see right, but it's only it only went to December for you because you have good weather all the time. <laughs> so, like, yes, it's been mild here in Ohio, but I knew that thing was going to die at the end of the summer when the kids went mm-hmm. back to school. It, it's mm-hmm. not that it's a fad. It's just a a. Th- a seasonal thing like it, it's it's something that actually requires you to leave the house therefore it has its restraints on it but yeah i mean the landscape changes so fast and you have to be aware of that it was massive like you see the facebook video of people jumping out of their cars like it was end of days type stuff and then running <laughs> through the park it in was new york. get oh my god the new york footage oh i was i gosh. could not believe it but in, at the same time understanding from afar the gaming community i was mm-hmm. like well i guess it's what they love so oh man oh, the gamers go so hard like one of the projects i'm working on right now and i'm hoping the gamers come through really hard on is very gamer centric so uh i think too is we, we honestly are missed we have a void even on the gamer side because we also are very add i think that goes for youtube that goes for gamers that goes for pretty much everybody because sure. right now you think about it who is not a gamer? Uh, Even if you have the app on your phone, <laughs> Angry Birds. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you are. You are. the The one time I play Candy Crush is when I'm on an airplane and I don't have anything else to do. So yeah, I mean go. that makes you a gamer. Yes, absolutely. There you go. So it's just like I feel like now, uh, even with PewDiePie and everything that he's doing, like he's kind of still not so gaming heavy, but the gamers still support him. Sure. Hardcore, parkour. Sure. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, to kind of bring it back to the point at hand, it's like the audience is key and I can keep making the kind of content that I want to see, but I only count as one view. So right. I feel like there's that equilibrium that you need to hit 
to where it's like, okay, this is what I want to see. This is what I know they want to see. Um, and there's always that for the up and comers out there. I know there's a lot of those people out there who want to, who doesn't want to ball on YouTube and right. wake up and every day be Saturday. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, but the thing about it, yeah, the thing about it is, sorry, I have to mute myself. That's for a okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing about it is, um, the audiences are, the attention span is becoming a lot shorter. Um, the threshold for, you know, my time is valuable. Let's go, let's pick it up. And we feel like if I collab with somebody big, I'll just need that one collab and boom, I'm off to the races. Or that one viral video and boom, I'm off to the races. Like, I think it's a good idea and it's healthy to get away from that thinking because yes, it'll put you on the stage, mm -hmm. but that's not always the case. Like, yeah, I did get fortunate enough with that Disney video back in 2011, but I had to make sure to stay hungry from 2011 even till now. Like, I'm approaching it just as hungrily as I was back then. Right. And I felt my content was awesome way before 2011. So I know. Yeah, <laughs> Thank goodness, because would you have gone to that point? Probably not. Like, again, I'll name drop again because you guys are still listening, so I'll keep it real. <laughs> like, I just seen Love Her to Death, but I remember back in 2008 being very frustrated watching her stuff because I'm sitting here for a week animating, writing, mm. lighting, audio, framing, all this stuff for a video that barely gets 30,000 views. And she walks in, cute white blonde girl, into an Apple store and dances around with no dancing talent, <laughs> being silly, and gets a million views in a day. Yeah. And I remember that being so frustrating to me. Uh, but at the same time, too, I thought, well, you know what? If this is what people are you know, conditioned for, then you pay. By the time they see my stuff, then they'll be like, oh, my God, this is amazing because this is what I thought was amazing previously. So, again, no diss to I Justine because I love her. No, of death. course. She's super hot. Like, I don't know <laughs> if she's into black guys or not, but if she is, I <laughs> her holler at me. Uh, I don't know if she's single either. Is she but, even uh, single? Like, I don't even. Oh, man, I don't even know. I, I don't know I how much she shares her private life. I mean, we like follow private, each other on IG. Life. I don't yeah. see any oh. guys popping up. So, Good. you know. Just I'm curious, <laughs> just curious, but uh, oh but yeah, audiences are changing. Before you could like blow up off of dancing in the Apple Store, and now I feel like you can't ride that wave as right. long as you can. Right. Well, I think she she made it work while it worked until Apple was like, "Girl, you just gotta stop. Like it's yeah. just not okay anymore." <laughs> mm -hmm. But what was the turning point for you? And I I give it a big name, and I don't I don't think it has a big it may or may not be like this big shift for you, but mm -hmm. do you think that there was something that happened between you watching your content and being like, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it being like, this is so good. And it ends up being the video that ends up taking off that, that is there something that happened there that you feel like was the biggest switch for you that helped you go forward and say like, I've got to keep going with this. And, I and, think... and I know what works. Well, did I ever tell you the story about when Michelle Fawn flew me to New York? I think I've heard sound, boy, sound bites of this. I don't remember details. Okay. Um, well, the thing was, when Michelle stumbled onto my videos, I had a nice portfolio of what I felt was really mm -hmm. good content. Like mm -hmm. You'd see the heart that went into every single video. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was sharing really personal stuff. So you legit, if I made a three-part video... You were there for yeah. every three part, even if it was a 10 minute video. <laughs> yeah. So when she found, first found me, she was like, dude, why don't you have ads on your stuff? YouTube is balling. YouTube is the future. YouTube is this. And this is back in 2008, 2009. And I'm like, mm, I really don't see that being the case. I'm just doing this for fun. 
And this is me working a nine to five, five days a week, and then coming home and slaving all night right. on these videos. Um, so then she was like, I'm flying you to New York with me this weekend. I have an award show, and I want you to see what it's like to be a YouTuber. And I felt like Usher. Mm. She had her own personal driver. And this is before Uber was big. Yeah. She had her own personal driver. We'd go out to eat. We'd sit down. We'd eat, get up, and leave without paying the bill. And I'm like, yo, I'm black. Like, I can't be walking out of here. <laughs> like, you be walking out of here without getting tackled, okay? This is not okay. <laughs> We'd raid the mini fridge, and YouTube paid for everything. And it's like, wow, this is what it's like? And that's when I st- the switch was flipped, and I started stepping my game up even more. That's when I actually applied a strategy because you could blow up one of two ways. You could blow up off of luck or strategy. I have another friend, Boxy, uh, a.k.a. Katie. She hates when I call her Boxy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she blew up a year after she uploaded a video. She uploaded a video talking all fast. Hey, guys, I'm Boxy. Oh, my God, squirrel. You guys hear that? Anyways, my dad likes pizza, and his pinky toe is really weird shaped. Like, it's super ADD. Mm -hmm. She uploaded it. It was up for a year, had 100 views, and then 4chan found it. And then 4chan blew her up, and that video got up to 44 million views. Wow. So there wasn't a lot of strategy there. It was just luck. Yeah. And I figured, I'm probably not going to blow up off of luck. Let me devise a strategy. Mm -hmm. So then once I started thinking, okay, the thumbnail game is important. The title has to be eye-catching. And the video has to actually be good because if I just lure you in with those first two and the video is not actually good, we got problems. Mm -hmm. So it was at that point that I was like, all right, let's devise a strategy. And my first strategy was let me target the (laughs) 60,000 Disney employees worldwide. That's a niche audience, my friend. And it went crazy because I didn't realize there was Disney fanatics worldwide as well. Well, yeah. So... It spoke to not only the employees. It spoke. It was. It was broader than that. They. It must have ch- taken fire with more than just those sixty thousand potential viewers. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing was too. I tried to add a very human element. Right. right. We all get fed up at our jobs. We've all had it at mm-hmm. our jobs. Mm-hmm. And I really was scared. It's exposing myself because I'm talking about stealing from the company. Mm-hmm. I don't know the ramifications of doing that. So I tried to make it as cute as possible. Yeah. But at the same time too, it's just like I had. DJs in Afghanistan tweeting me the next day when I woke up about that video. Oh my God. So yeah, it really struck a core and I understood like, I tried to make that video short because that was the first thing I was working on was making my videos shorter. Mm-hmm. But the shortest I got that video down to was 11 minutes. Wow. So, yeah. And that's with me deleting 20 minutes of audio to begin with. Right, right. So it's, it's out to me, honestly, like even we've had these talks, like, right. There is a world that exists where your channel, my channel, his or her channel can blow up. It's all about finding the oil underneath the soil and striking it and letting it spew up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Strategy. Yeah. So back then, I, I still feel like 11 minutes was like really long. Oh, oh Do you overkill. think that's right? So how are you like... I know this is sort of like, I I think we could go really deep on what you just said, but I'm going to change gears for a second because in, in like recent research that I've been doing, it just feels like the, the thumbnail and the headline are never more important than, than ever. I feel like, but, but because watch time is what YouTube wants, it's not even Mm -hmm. the views. It's literally how long can you get people to watch 
YouTube, potentially mm-hmm. this video, potentially your channel, but can you get them here? And mm-hmm. can you get them interested? Do you think um, you're more willing to go lengthy with the videos today because of how vital that watch time is to the health of the channel? Uh, that's a great question. But what my advice on that is to focus on content first and mm-hmm. let the other stuff fall into place. So mm-hmm. for example, if you focus on content, they'll want to watch the next video. And mm-hmm. if that next video is good, they'll want to watch the video after that. Right. So I try to focus on, all right, this is a great video. Hey, why don't you just watch one more? Mm-hmm. And I noticed from my numbers is when somebody comes and watches or when I upload a new video, people watch three to five other videos before they're done. Hmm. So it's like I try to always keep it to where it's just like, all right, let's go. Another Swoozie upload. Awesome. Yeah. You know what? I got time for one more. And they're also bite-sized because that stuff fluctuates all the time. Honestly, I think half the time it's rumors. It's just like, oh, now YouTube is focused on this. Now YouTube is focused on that. Mm. And how many times do we actually hear it come from YouTube? Right. Well, I and I but I feel like they they're not want to talk about their algorithm. They don't want to right. tell you what they're doing. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think people just come up with something. Uh, but I do think it's really interesting when people that have a, an enormous amount of time to measure metrics in a channel that's getting a ton of traction and a lot of things mm-hmm. to measure. I am inclined to listen to that and say like, well, that's really interesting because truly YouTube just makes more money if you're on the platform longer. Mm -hmm. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. That's, that's the thing. And I, but I also agree with the short thing. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, because remember how I was like, well, there are some things I'll, I did in the beginning and now I don't necessarily do them as much. One of those things is that I am less afraid to have a longer video because what I had to do initially was prove I can bring, bring value to people. So if you ever saw my video, you would click on it, you would learn something and have a good time in two or three minutes. And you would Mm -hmm. want to keep watching because it was actionable constantly. So that's how I got people at the beginning. But now with watch time being so critical, I feel like if I'm going to get you to click it, then let's hang out for a little while. Mm -hmm. And even even if my retention rate, so let's say if we were shooting for 50% or more when I had three minute videos and the average amount of drop off is like halfway through the video you leave, I'm okay with less uh, retention today because if I can get you to watch for five to seven minutes because it's a much longer video, let's say in like a life cast, like I'm sharing my day with you, then I feel like that's uptick for the channel. And I, from what I understand, it just looks like the uptick is what YouTube wants to see from you in order to be like, okay, something positive is happening here. Let's send them some more attention and see what happens. I honestly, because same thing with that, I go to a lot of these conventions and that what you just said is echoes. Yeah. from a lot of YouTubers yeah. uh, in the circles that I'm in. But again, I have to keep going back to good content. Because of course. I feel, like, say you were sitting down at Thanksgiving dinner, and you sit down, and they pile on mashed potatoes, corn, broccoli, pasta, bread. A lot of times you get overwhelmed, like, I'm not going to finish all this. Let me just focus on broccoli. I'll finish mm-hmm. the broccoli, then I'll focus on the bread. And I feel like when I just focus on making good content, everything else kind of falls into place. Then yeah. I can worry about, okay, I want them to watch at least two videos because, yeah, you get paid for one view, but you get paid double if they can watch two. That's right. So I'll share this with you guys. My retention on my videos is three minutes and 33 seconds. The last time I checked in November, I haven't checked recently. Mm -hmm. The last time it was three minutes and 33 seconds. If I'm making nine minute videos, there's a good chance you're not going to finish that video and then have another video suggested to you for you to watch two. 
Right. So if I finish at the three minute mark, you still feel I want more. And as a mm. good artist knows, you always keep your audience wanting more. Mm. I so love that. if if you're not staying for 10 minutes on one video, you're going to stay for 15 minutes on three. Mm. And you always say, yeah, one more. Okay, one more. Okay, yeah, one more. And I try to <laughs> implement addictive features into right. each of the videos. The way I started, if you watch, there's a formula to it. I try not to tell too many people about this. There's a formula to my videos. Within the first 16 seconds, I try to get to something that will get, get, grab your attention. Mm -hmm. So I'll say something like, girls rule the world. And then you're instantly like, what does he mean by that? Mm -hmm. And then I'll elaborate a little bit. Or I'll say, you know what, you girls are really crafty. Or I'll say, all right, well, I had my first kiss while I was on the clock at my job as a lifeguard. <laughs> and so something to grab your attention within the first 16 seconds. Right. Because, again, I don't want it to ever get to the point to where you're watching me because you like my personality. And I feel like there's a lot of YouTubers who even have 10 million plus subscribers. I feel like a lot of people are just watching because... Okay, I like this person's personality. The videos are not that great, mm. but, you know, their personality is cool, so I'll keep watching. That has a window as well. Um, mm. You know, I, I, again, I think history, or not even history, like even right now we have examples of channels who are losing their invisible cool. And once that invisible cool starts slipping away, it's really hard to reanimate that. Mm, that's interesting. That's so, I mean, you have Ricegum who got 5 million subscribers in one year, yeah. which I've never seen anything like that. And his right. invisible cool is through the roof. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with anybody else, some of these guys have 10, 11 million subscribers. As soon as that invisible cool starts to dip, we can all feel it. So when you think back on some of these channels, think of one that comes to mind, that they were balling and then all at the same time, people just, there's no meeting. There's no hey, there's a group chat going on where we all decide to stop watching at the same time. We can just feel it. Mm. So good content is key. That's interesting. What do you think, which pieces of that good content, invisible, cool, mm -hmm. how many of these elements factor into why Fousey's stopping? I think Fousey stopped because he was just... I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of what I can say. Would he be okay with me saying? Sure, sure. No, yeah. From, from a public view, I, I just, okay. I don't think I'm as versed on, I, I didn't know that he like stopped, stopped. I, I, I think I heard once he took a break and I think he was like coming back a little bit, but correct, correct. what, um, what's going on with that? Cause man, his trajectory, I remember watching oh, his video of, I think when he was going to that award show or something and, and it was like. He was showing you before he got that award, like his mm -hmm. journey yeah. of like, look, I was at this conference X number of years ago, not that okay. many. And I was okay. like, I wish you guys were with me because no one knows who I am here. Yep. And now here we are. So he had yeah. a really fast trajectory. What happened there? Well, that's a very excellent point you bring up because oftentimes I think back to that video of his because he's my mm. boy. Like, I honestly, I want everybody to ball on YouTube because there's enough money out here for all of us. Sure, yeah. For me, there's no competition. But because he's my boy, I want him to ball even harder. So when I, I literally went to his tour in London. Like, it was, I could have gone to any place, but it was <laughs> like, you know what? I know there's a lot of love in London, so I want to see what that tour is like. Let me know your dates, and I will follow you out there. That's the kind of friend I am. Um... But yeah, I found it very interesting because he was so hungry to gain an audience. Mm. And then he kind of gained it. And then I think maybe he just got over it. I mean, just from the public perspective, me not having any other intel about being his friend, just from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, all right, well, maybe he's just over it. Because I'm just going off of his last tweet. He said, F fame. 
and then hasn't tweeted anything since. Mm. So it's kind of like in that video, you're asking for fame, 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 fame. And then you get it and now you don't want it. And it's interesting because when I was working as a lifeguard at Hard Rock Hotel, Mm -hmm. I would see a lot of these celebrities come through and they would put them on me because I'm the activities uh, coordinator, you know, most of the time. So when they come through, Chris Brown is like, hey, what's there to do? I'm like, well, I'm about to do a cannonball contest. You down kind of thing, you know. So I see these guys work so hard and I watch their documentaries where they walk into a uh, public sub, or not a public sub, and uh, Jersey Mike's, mm-hmm. and they'll buy everybody in the restaurant a sub. And then I'll meet that person where there's no cameras around, and they don't want to take pictures, they don't want to talk to me, they don't want to do anything. So it's kind of just like, it's funny to me how normal people want to be famous so bad, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they become famous, they want to be normal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my first introduction to entertainment was I got cast on a TV show for DirecTV, and they instantly put us through Uh, media training. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that they told us in media training was if you don't like the idea of people going through your garbage at the end of your driveway or people sitting at the end of your driveway with a zoom lens trying to take pictures in between your blinds, this industry is not for you. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to know your business. They're going to be all up in your personal life. If you don't want people up in your personal life, don't get into entertainment. Mm. And it's part of the territory. And I feel, you know, a lot of celebrities try to control that. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. Especially nowadays, everybody's a professional fangirl. Yeah. Most of my interactions are 10 seconds max. Swoozy, oh my God, I love you. Can I get a picture? Chikink, bye. I'm off to work on the caption now. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I am dead That's serious. so unfortunate. It's so fast. It's so fast. I don't have anything against it. Sure. But if... if I'm expecting you to watch anything I put out there, whether it be a new song that I'm releasing, whether it be a new movie I'm in, whatever the case, even as a video, as simple as that is, I'm expecting you to do this on a regular basis, sometimes weekly basis, and be a diehard fan, but I can't give you 10 seconds of my life? Mm. So the celebrities that I've come across who are very rude to me, oh, please believe they don't see another penny of my uh, funds. And again... You know, Fousey has a good... Well, I shouldn't say Fousey. Um, I can't even say that now because <laughs> Fousey does have some good points on as to why he's kind of, you know, trying to back out of the limelight. Mm-hmm. But when you become a celebrity, there's nowhere that says you're obligated to do any of this. Nowhere. Mm. But at the same time, it's like we connect to you on a certain level. And I feel like even as an artist, I'd say a little bit more as an artist because I animate a lot of my videos. As an artist... All we want is an audience. And for me, all I want to do is connect. And that's why I share such personal stories. Like, I remember doing searches on multiple videos before I made them. And there were no videos. Of, like, when I looked up my, my first hickey, mm-hmm. I always do a search when I, before I talk about something juicy like that. Yep. I didn't see a lot of results on that. When I did my first this, my first that, my first, a lot of those, I didn't, because people don't talk about that. Mm. But I know when I'm out here talking about it and putting a bullseye on myself, you're going to connect to me on a level that's like, dang, this guy is up here. So when you see me, you feel like you already know me. And I love that. Mm, I love that like, too. 10 seconds. I can give you that. It's so interesting because I have i don't think it's the same scale, but I feel like I probably, if I were in your place, I would feel the same way because I remember meeting somebody that is uh, like an not an event planner, but was a thought leader for one of the 
one of the events here in like social, the social media marketing kind of space. And I remember just hearing about him and I knew who he was. And at one point in time we were at the same party and I didn't know he was going to be there. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. I know who he is. I'm going to go introduce myself. And I introduced myself and I, I felt like I was being treated like a fangirl for one. And I was like, mm. not even acting like it. Cause I'm really good at being a fangirl and not acting like it. I've become right. a professional at that. So I know this for sure. But mm-hmm. What I was disappointed about was you chose to go this route in your career. You literally work in social media marketing and business where relationships, much like anything else, are so important. So the fact that I I walked up to him to shake his hand and I was treated so poorly and we were in a Mm -hmm. New York City apartment, which is tiny. And Mm -hmm. I, I just was so like, what? What decision did you make? And this is sort of more of a, a problem on that I have with introverts who use it as an excuse. I'm oh an introvert. Yes. I'm an introvert, but I do not use it as an excuse. I've learned how to leverage extroversion and all that kind of stuff that I need when I'm interacting with people. But then I'm going to go back to my house and not talk to anybody and watch Netflix and chill mm-hmm. and sort of refresh so that I can go about next day and do it again. So I actually feel like when you were saying that, I made that connection in my head because you're right. I think when you sign up for that job, there's something that goes along with it and it might be cruel and it might be unfortunate, but if you truly want to do what you have to do, there's consequences of every job and every, you know, sort of path that you choose. And so Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with it. I definitely agree with it. I love that you put it like that because I hear that excuse from a lot of people. Just like, I cut my meet and greet three hours short because I'm introverted. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Seriously? Word? No, I mean, have a better reason at least. Like, cut it short because you're busy or something. I, I don't, right. not because like, I, but I do understand what it's like because as an introvert, you are exerting energy. By, by interacting with people, you are not thriving off that energy like an extrovert would. So it's fundamentally different. But at the same time, it's like these people are still people who are doing something extraordinary yeah. just to stand next to you. Just, yes. I mean, like, can we just show a little bit of respect for that? And, that, and that's what I find really interesting about it. Well, because we're all fans of something or someone. Yeah. And I'm even a fan of YouTubers still to this day. So because we're all fans of someone or something, we know how we would like to be treated if we ever met that person. Definitely. Definitely. So that's why I find it very mind blowing when I hear people talk about, mm, yeah, no, I just am not stealing it. Like <laughs> I, it's so annoying when people scream at my name, I'm like you're at VidCon. What, <laughs> what, what did you think was going to happen when you came here? Uh, yeah. Now, granted the voice in my head always says right after like, I bet you money that if you came here and nobody was screaming your name and nobody came to your meet and greet, mm-hmm. you'd be depressed AF. Yeah. You'd be like, I shouldn't even be here because Correct. I look bad. <laughs> Correct. Because they want people to scream their names so they can ignore them. It's almost like the saying, we adore the people that ignore us and we ignore the people that adore us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So unfortunate. So, did I say that right? I said it so I think fast, so. But... You, did, you did okay. good. You did good. I think the cold meds are kicking in. <laughs> okay, so since this is probably unrelatable to a lot of people, let's move on because I do. Okay. I think that was really good conversation though because oh, yeah, that's right. super. That's dr- <laughs> no seriously. That was like super drama. Like I, yeah. I think that's really interesting. But let's take it a different way. Let's say someone's okay. listening and they're like, "No, but I want to be famous though, yo." 
Yeah. Okay. Let's let's take a caller on line one. Go ahead. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm Susie. I love your work, Susie. Um, it's cool. Uh, slide in the DMs. We could talk about uh, this later. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my question. Let's say somebody focuses on the content. They, mm-hmm. they upload something really great and it does start to gain some traction. Mm-hmm. When you notice that there's a blip on the radar, what is your instinct? What is the next thing you do? Like, I feel like everyone like talks about the viral video and I'm in no way saying that like a blip on the radar can be relative to anybody. So let's right. say it's just a blip on your radar. Like what is, what is the best thing to do next so that you don't lose out on just being another viral video let's call it and then you get the views but you don't actually get the audience to stick with you like what is your instinct if you see something like that happen as me being the person who created the yeah you created the video and it's doing well and it's doing a little bit better than usual like what does that tell you and what do you do next because of it it is an indicator me personally i jot down myself personal notes so when disney blew up i wrote a little note disney Mm. when Cheating in middle school or cheating in high school blew up. Wrote a little note. High school, cheating. Yeah. Uh, texting. So then I have essentially the magic wand. These are what people want to see. Mm-hmm. So I automatically have a really good idea that if I do a video about high school, Disney, and texting elements in it, it's going to do well. <laughs> Me personally. Yeah. That's how I roll. Right. My advice to anybody uh, that's in that position, what I say is almost like a sequel to a good mm. movie. People want to see familiarity, but they want to see something different. And that's a very difficult challenge to pull yeah. off a lot of times. Yeah. Because with me, after my first Disney video went crazy, I was like, I want to show them that I can do something completely different. So I made a dance video next, like with no animation. <laughs> and people were kind of just scratching their head, like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> so I've learned that it's almost like when you have a hit movie, you want, or not even a hit movie. If you, even if you have something that takes your channel to the next level, 30,000 more views, give them something similar because that's what they're here to see, mm-hmm. but also push the needle a little bit. So I think Spider-Man two to part one is a really great example. Cause everybody loves Spider-Man one. Da 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 da. Spider-Man two brought something awesome to the table. He's fighting Doc Ock on the side of the subway train and people were going crazy in the movie theater. That's a really good example. So I'd say that even for your YouTube channel or whatever it is you're trying to do in any parts of media, whether it be you're writing a book, whether it be you're in front of a camera or behind the camera, like always challenge yourself and really stray away from, because it's an easy trap to fall into, comparing yourself to other people out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this person uploaded a video and they got 800,000 views and they do the same kind of view- or videos that I make. Why am I not balling like they're balling? Because that's yeah. a very easy trap to fall into. So... If you're still listening, that's another nugget that I'll drop in your lap. Because again, it's you're out here to entertain your audience. So right. I mean, if you if, again, when you look at these numbers, if I see that I have 90% female, but I'm constantly talking about guy fashion, these yeah. video views are not going to be that balling. No, not. So at it's all. very important to look at all these things going down the line. And I, I I love how YouTube is just so integrated. Like YouTube is providing so much and I worked in hospitality for six years so I know what a good employer looks like and YouTube these guys are they continually surprise me with how much they care for the small guy for the big guy for the in-between guy I mean they sent you to I mean to New York 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they didn't really mm-hmm. send you to New York, but you know, you know. Well, they did. Yeah, they they yeah. they sent me. Yeah, I didn't pay so for that. <laughs> correct, correct. And it's like it shows that they care, and it's like yeah, on so it many was levels. Very true. Very very true. Because they truly do. When they say they invest in their creators, I mean, clearly they do. They've got that. They've got that whole business plan ironed out. Yeah. But they. That's why I say like when you show them some positive things happening on the channel, that uh-huh. is a positive indicator to them. They they can make more money because of you. And that's a good thing right. for you. So because uh-huh. of that, I mean, that it, that and they're also investing in their creators. I mean, this this next up program that I was a part of, which is what you're referring to, was, yep. hey, you've got between 10,000 and 100,000 subscribers. You've got a good base. Let's see what we can do to help you go to the next level. And that uh-huh. and that's essentially what it was because they actually care if i'm gonna go to the next level because i'm using a bandwidth on their site and they want to make money on that and that's totally fine with me because i'm here to make everyone more money like let's do this (laughs) so yeah let me ball out and the Mm -hmm. same thing too it's just like i know there's a lot of us that feel like there's more out there we should be doing more with life we deserve better things in life and i'm all about that i mean it's another reason i love uber so much is because yeah, it's very convenient for me, but I'm also helping somebody be their own boss. Right. And, you know, I used to say, oh, being a lifeguard, best job ever. And then when I got cast for the TV show, oh, being on a TV show, best job ever. <laughs> and now with YouTube, it's a whole different ball game. Like with Sandra Bullock and her time when she was out here as a starving actor, right. she had to wait tables. And so many of her colleagues had to wait tables and go to audition mm-hmm. after audition after audition, eating noodles every night. Mm-hmm. Me, Fousey, Alex, Superwoman, Dietrich, Lord DIY, we eat steak every night. Mm-hmm. We're all like, you know what? Let's just Postmates $100 steak mm-hmm. while we are, quote unquote, starving actors. Yeah. So it's a whole different ballgame because of this website. Again, that's just, you know, I'm being a little bit sarcastic. I'm not out here trying to like flaunt or <laughs> show off. But it is a really interesting anomaly because you are able to take your future into your own hands. Like you're you're basically saying, like, let me not sit here and wait for the next audition. Let me pave my own way, which I think we've seen. Obviously, like the the people that want to act are are getting on board with this concept. This isn't new. But yeah, I mean, it is really interesting how how things have changed so much. I love the landscape now. It's honestly too. the best space to be in. I swear. I You know what? I love how old I am. Because, Why do you say that? Because I, this is, at this moment in time with social media, I didn't have to have it in high school, which is great. But mm-hmm. I get to enjoy it now. I, I'm happy to adapt to it. And I get to use it to do decide how I want to proceed with my life. Like it literally is helping me with every moment of it and I can use it as much or as little as I want. And because I use it intentionally and with a plan and a strategy and I'm helping people. And at the end of the day, this Mm -hmm. is just about helping people. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just perfect. If I was older, I wouldn't know what the heck I was doing. Uh, I wouldn't know how to use it. If I was Mm -hmm. younger, I probably would have posted something illegal or something and and Uh, I'd be in trouble. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm just really, I'm really grateful for it. I'm not saying that people older are dumb or people younger weren't <laughs> responsible, but I'm just saying like, I feel like I got lucky in that way. Are you yes. eating cereal? I am eating cereal. Okay. Is that All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. 
YouTube Live just rolled out for mobile on all channels with 10,000 or more subscribers. Nice. Are you at all interested or thinking about live on your YouTube channel? Uh, yes and no. I say yes because that is where the focal point of all of my subscribers and all of my audience is. Right. So when I do a live stream there, I get numbers that quadruple any place else. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've had live streams that have upwards of 50,000 people in the live stream. Mm -hmm. And then it gets over 100,000 by the end of the day, just on VOD. Right. Um, whereas on Instagram, maybe a thousand. Mm. So yes and no in the sense that I follow the masses. I try to stay in people's lanes. Uh, it seems like Instagram live is where everybody is at right now. Right. Um, again, not, not in the sense that, you know, most of my audience would be over there, but it's, here's a good analogy. When Instagram launched stories, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is the death of Snapchat. And I responded with, well, let's see what the masses do. Right. The ma all the masses went on Instagram story and said, hey, guys, follow me on Snapchat. That became the funny thing to do. So Snapchat didn't go anywhere because the masses decided, hey, the invisible cool is still very strong on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. Follow me over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I hate it when people say something's going to die just because something else happened. Mm -hmm. Like it, But at the same time, I also published a video where I was like talking about the relevancy of why the Instagram stories thing was a great move for them. But it doesn't mean that that other network is going to go anywhere. People like to go where they like to go. And they're very different experiences. You shouldn't treat your Snapchat audience the same way as Instagram stories. Because just like on Facebook, on Instagram, they may not be listening to you. Right. Like, <laughs> they just want to look at pretty things on Instagram. Correct. I think they saw what happened to Vine. Mm. Even though Vine started falling out before Instagram started doing their thing. Right. Um, but I think when people see that, it's almost like, oh, we know what happens next. Right. But that still took a while. I mean, like, you... It, it's, I don't know. I don't know. The Vine thing is interesting to me because... In some ways, I think Twitter kind of messed that up. But in in other ways, I mean, look at what it did. I mean, it was such yeah. a big deal for for people that that ended up finding their their way of of storytelling, and then were able to then go expand on whatever. But most of them, I assume, YouTubers. Um, actually, there was somebody in my YouTube Next Up class that was a part of that sort of like Vine phenomenon, and. I remember him talking about the fact that YouTube was sort of courting these Viners by putting them through training on how to do what they do on YouTube. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. so that they would have a place to go and think about, you know, hey, why don't you come over here and make money? In addition to the sponsors that are paying you for Vine, because you could really grow a substantial following over here. So it's interesting. I, I don't think you can just decide something is dead or dying until we really see what, like you said, the masses or the eyeballs, like where is everybody's eyeball? Where are they going? Everyone loves to say Twitter is going to die, but oh, it's like, but hello, like take a look at it. There's a whole lot going on over there. There's a ton of people using it. It doesn't matter if they're messing up their finances. It's being used. Someone's going to figure it out. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, people love to try to be the first to say it. 
Um, Definitely. Honestly, it's just, I think, too, as you and I might have the insight or anybody that really has their ear to the ground and looks at patterns. I remember I had a meeting with Facebook, and I might take a little heat if the right slash wrong people hear this portion of the interview. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but they didn't listen to me then, so I hope <laughs> they're listening now. But I remember about two years ago having a meeting with Facebook when I first moved to L.A. And I sat down, and I was going to do my typical. Hi, guys. Oh, my God, I love it. What can we do for each other? I was going to go that route. Then as I'm sitting there waiting for them to come in the room, I'm like, screw it, bro. Like, I'm going to tell them what they need to hear on some black girl stuff. And they came in the room, and it was just one girl. And I basically told her. She sat down. And she asked me the question. She opened the door. She's like, what do you think we can do to make you use the site more? And as soon as she said that, she revealed that she foresaw trouble on the horizon. Mm. And I told her about herself. I was like, listen, I'm going to tell you some stuff that a lot of my coworkers, some guys in the Million Sub Club and even the 10 Million Sub Club, have we've talked about in circles. I won't give you their names is what I told her. I won't give you their names. But these are top dogs. Uh, we've all talked about how we foresee trouble for your site. Mm -hmm. Main thing being, you make us look bad. And if I have 10 million people that follow me on on Facebook, and she has a million people, and she has a million, and he has a million, collectively, let's just say that's 50 million people. Mm -hmm. If we all stop using your site, there's going to be a domino effect of a lot of people who just stop using your site. Reference Invisible Cool. We don't ever have to say to anybody, hey, Stop using Facebook. But if we stop using it, there's a good chance a lot of people are going to stop using it. Mm. Then I gave her the example of Snapchat. Snapchat, not Snapchat, the example of uh, Vine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about the Vine meeting, quote unquote. Mm, uh, no. All the top Viners had a meeting with Vine and they said, either give us a million dollars or we all walk. Oh, I think maybe I did hear about this. Yes. Right. And once they all stopped, they all stopped using the site for the app for a month and it killed the app. Mm. they tried to come back and start posting and it was already, they killed it so good they couldn't revive it. Wow. So I was telling Facebook that story and I could see the girl's face just kind of, she was fighting back the displeasure. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, when you walk by, or you're, when you're sitting in a room and there's something that you smell that's not pleasant and you're just trying to hold back that look <laughs> on your face, that's what she was doing. <laughs> and I basically told her, like, the main thing you guys did was when you start pushing this Facebook video, we get it. We understand what you're trying to do. Right. But if I upload a Facebook video, I know y'all are intentionally holding it back. So when I upload a video and it gets 500 views and 30 likes, that's a bad look on me. Yeah. I'm going to stop posting my videos on your site. Not only that. You're making me pay you right. for all the people who want to see my stuff right. to see it. And for those that don't have a public or um, you know a public account or a, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a brand page. Yeah. For those that don't have a brand page, basically what Facebook implemented was if Swoozy has 200,000 people that want to see his stuff, he has to pay Facebook $1,000 per X amount of people to see it. Right. So it's a thousand dollars for a hundred thousand people to see it. It's two thousand dollars for two hundred thousand people to see it. That's like going to Instagram and having to pay for everybody to see my pictures. Yeah. So I basically I broke it down for them like that, and they didn't like what they heard. Oh, I bet not. Because here's the here's the flip side. 
you go to YouTube and you get your reach. Somebody that's starting on YouTube that's never facilitated a relationship there, uploaded anything, gets nothing. But Correct. because everyone's been re- making friends and liking baby photos and doing mm-hmm. the relationship thing on Facebook for so long, if we upload a video, we will get some organic reach that we wouldn't have gotten uh, if we had not done that. So Correct. it's really interesting to hear that because, of course, we know that we're being held back the same way that you are. But mm-hmm. it most people that are just getting started are thinking, well, at least I got something because if I go to YouTube, I got nothing because a lot of people don't have the patience to get that momentum. But back to your original point. Yes. I think, I think that's, that's really interesting. And I, now we're seeing Facebook talk about monetization for, for video. So there's hope, but at the same time, it's sort of like this, that actually is, that has to, it's going to combat their business plan. Like it literally doesn't make a whole lot of sense. YouTube's figured it out, but Mm -hmm. um, I guess we'll have to see. That's I think it's too little too late at this point because initially that meeting in 2015 was to talk about video monetization. Right. And what, and what it would take for me to start posting. They didn't want me to be exclusive, but they were just like, what is it going to take for you to start posting videos on our site? Yeah. And I think it's a universal thing now because most people I talk to, you know, I just, I focal group almost everybody when they're not even realizing it. Even my subscribers <laughs> when they approach me on the street. I'll say, hey, so by the way, as I'm waiting for them to un, you know, open up their phone or delete other pictures so they have memory to take a picture, I'll say, by the oh way, what social apps are you using the most? And they'll say this and this, and that's pretty much it. And then I'll say, no, Facebook? They're like, nah, Facebook's dead. Like, that's literally the response I'm getting for everybody. Either, nah, Facebook's dead or Facebook is for all people. Right. Well, that's because grandma started showing up. So that's when they left for Snapchat and all those things. Do you hear Twitter when you ask? What's that? Do you hear Twitter? Uh, Yes. Twitter is normally third. Yeah. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. I feel like Twitter is like listed because people are like, "Ooh, I'm not parting with Twitter because I love Twitter. But it's but it's not the first place people are checking. Correct. Mm. Um, No, there's a lot of times I don't even hear Twitter brought up. I'll say, you know. When they say, oh, just Snapchat and Instagram. And I'm like, no Twitter? No. What about Facebook? No. Uh-uh. So that's some, a lot of times I'd say <laughs> maybe 60, 40, 60 yes for Twitter. Right. Interesting. Very Again, interesting. I think too many people and too many people that we love are still very frequently using Twitter for it to go anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I totally it is agree. An outlet. I love it so much. I, I don't even care if it's like the algorithm starting to change it and it's, it's, you know, I guess like people feel like it doesn't have the same effect. I mean, a tweet really doesn't have the same effect that it did when it, when Twitter was, you know, first on the scene, but that's like with anything. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. like with anything. So, um, I'm going to have to cut this part of our chat for now because Lucy's going to start barking and I don't want that on the podcast. So sorry, Lucy, Lucy cut y'all off, but hopefully we'll have, (laughs) we'll have Lucy back another time. Everybody, oh, yeah. make sure you go check them out, youtube.com slash swoozy. Actually, when you get there, if you're subscribed, unsubscribe to me and then subscribe. Stop it. I hate when you say that. You, the, you do it. You need to stop with that pitch. It's not. Hey, it's, <laughs> but yeah, you can working. subscribe to me to youtube.com slash <laughs> social. All right, Ananda, you're amazing. Thanks for being here. I'm trying to get on your level. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Stay for a while. You ain't got to stress. You're rocking with the best boss. Stay for a while, forget the competition, we on a mission. Listen, stay for a while, you ain't gotta stress, you're rocking with the best boss. Stay for a while.
just take a look it's all in the book i know you want to vlog like me i'll show you how to vlog like me because i'm a vlog boss i know you want to vlog like me i'll show you how to vlog like me because i'm a vlog boss vlog like a boss vlog like a boss you vlog like a boss vlog like a boss you vlog like a boss vlog like a boss you you can vlog like me too because it's easy